In this season of Lent, we're on the way with Jesus. And in this fifth of a series of six talks, we find ourselves in Jericho with Jesus and the short story of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, that Luke uniquely tells us about in the first 10 verses of his 19th chapter. So let's enter the story told by Luke and to understand it together. The first thing that I'd like us to notice is that there's a lot of geography in this story. Jesus, in verse 1, enters Jericho. Luke records he entered Jericho and was passing through. Jericho was an ancient city even in Jesus' day. It's located in the Jordan Valley. It's a hillfoot settlement before the demanding climb up into the Judean hills and mountains to Jerusalem. Jesus, Luke wants us to know, is on the way to Jerusalem. In the previous chapter, in verse 31, we read the following. And taking the twelve, that is disciples, aside, he said to them, See, we're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. So Jesus is simply passing through Jericho on his way to his terrible destiny in Jerusalem. All the movement in this short story is a prelude to Jerusalem and the events that will be accomplished on the week that we call Holy Week and Easter. Jesus' arrest, his trial, his execution on the cross and his riding, rising on the third day. Meanwhile, in Jericho, as Jesus is passing through, we are introduced to a chief tax collector, Zacchaeus. In contrast to the blind beggar we encounter as Jesus moves into Jericho in the previous story at the end of chapter 18, Zacchaeus does not raise our sympathy. On the contrary, he is a wealthy crook, a corrupt chief tax official who made his pile exploiting other tax collectors and other people. No sympathy here, just revulsion at a man and his lifestyle. In the world that we live in, we are familiar with the likes of Zacchaeus, corrupt officials in corrupt regimes. Whether those regimes are the regime that we're thinking of in these days in Russia, or even here in our own land where there is so much discreet corruption. Wherever it is, money is made on the backs of people. And strangely, this wealthy crook wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because of his stature. And so he takes the initiative and undoubtedly used to doing that in his life, and he climbs a tree in verse 4. And so, Luke records, he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was about to pass by that way. And then, the surprise in the story, in verse 5. And Jesus, when he came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. At the very spot, there's the geography again, 
Their eyes meet Jesus and Zacchaeus. And Jesus saw right through the layers of graft and greed and the callous contempt for his fellow human beings. And Jesus had met many tax collectors already to know what life was like for them. And amazingly, Jesus instructs Zacchaeus by name. And Zacchaeus responds, comes down from the tree at once and welcomes Jesus gladly into his home. Once again, in the gospel stories, Jesus was going beyond the pale, crossing social and religious barriers to reach despised people. And this despised individual, the wealthy crook, as always in the gospel, Jesus brings honour to dishonour. And as in the other gospel stories, particularly in the gospel of Luke, Jesus finds himself relaxing in the company of the wrong sort of people. But others don't see it that way. And so the muttering begins. We can almost hear it in verse 7. And when they saw it, that is, those who oppose Jesus, the Pharisees and the scribes, they all grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner, they say. And instead of Jesus telling a parable to explain his actions and to challenge the attitudes of the religious of his day, surprise, surprise, Zacchaeus is on his feet and listen to what he has to say. Proceed. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to Jesus, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. What's going on here? For this declaration by Zacchaeus is at the crux of this story that Luke tells. It's a public statement of repentance, not just a, a change of mind or a change of heart, but a repentance, a turning around, which involved restoration, making amends. And what's more, Zacchaeus is determined to do it lavishly. He's going to be out of pocket. He doesn't offer to sell off all his property, which Jesus had demanded of the rich young man of chapter 18 in Luke's Gospel. And it doesn't appear that Jesus demanded anything of Zacchaeus by way of making amends. But here it is. From Zacchaeus' own mouth, from the heart, a change of heart, which meant giving half of his wealth to the poor and restoring fourfold to all that he had cheated. What an incredible declaration. A real turn-up of the books, which is followed by an astonishing statement by Jesus. Verse 9, and Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. Here and now, Today, salvation comes to Zacchaeus, who is described by Jesus as a son of Abraham. What does Jesus mean by that? Well, Abraham is the prototype man of faith, the father of all those who live by faith in God. We read that in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, and in the New Testament, in 
Galatians and in Hebrews. Zacchaeus was, because of his declaration, now a true son of Abraham, a life restored. But the hero of this story is not Zacchaeus, but Jesus, who made this life change possible. Ha! Well, we hear these words that closes this story. For Jesus, Luke records, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This final comment in the short episode points ahead once more to the steep and dusty road to Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem, where Jesus will die and rise in order to find and to save all who are lost. This short story about Jesus and a short man has big implications. What are they? In the first place, this story is an antidote to pessimism. The attitude which says of people and situation circumstances, we can't do anything about it. For fundamentally, things don't change and people don't change. Whether it's corruption, the inequalities of wealth and poverty, the challenges that the health service faces, crime, addiction, whatever the issues, there's a huge amount of pessimism and cynicism around. Eleven times in his gospel, Luke speaks of today, here and now, salvation Redemption comes. It is a sign of good news. The good news of what God is doing in Jesus Christ to bring salvation, redemption, to turn things around, to change human, human situations by changing people. People like the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus. God is still at work today. Changing people. Christians are not naive optimists. We know the paradox of humanity, our dignity, and yet our depravity. But in Christ, God can turn individuals, families, churches, communities, nations around. Secondly, the story of Zacchaeus reinforces the reality that redemption is possible and that no human being is irredeemable. Our most urgent need is for redemption. That is to say, a new beginning in life, which offers us both a cleansing from the pollution of sin and, and a new beginning, a new heart, a new creation, a new perspective, new ambitions, a new power and insight. Such redemption is possible. It doesn't come from within us. We don't find it within us. This story in Luke's Gospel demonstrates that it comes, comes from outside of us, and it comes from Jesus Christ alone. Jesus is the key of this story. Jesus is the one who on the cross bore our sin and died our death in order that we might be forgiven. Then he arose, ascended, and sent the Holy Spirit, the life giver, 
who is able to enter our personality and change us deep, deep from within. Is there any better news for humanity than this? I, for one, have never heard it. It's so easy to write people off. In Christ, no one is beyond the pain. And finally, this story, like others in Luke's Gospel, reminds us it is so easy to get lost. Now, we don't know the details of Zacharias or Zacchaeus's life, but it is unlikely that he was always a crooked tax collector. It's so easy to drift from our spiritual moorings. Little by little, we slip anchor And then we are caught and carried by currents and curiosity away from God and away from his standards. Like Zacchaeus, we might be curious about Jesus. He appears highly attractive, but for people like us who are lost, he's unreachable. In this story, As elsewhere in the Gospels, God finds us. The great theme of the good news is this. In Christ, God seeks and saves the lost. What an amazing story.